Well, good day to you. It's Joel with Viking Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. So obedience, I think it's something that we've all heard of, we're, we're pretty acquainted with, and we've understood, especially if you've you know, grown up in a church, as you've been on your walk, know how imperative it is to our relationship with God and ultimately how we're walking that out. And I feel like we've heard a lot of messages on this, especially when it comes to looking at, you know, some of the fathers of the faith right so when we think about abraham and moses um and all the individuals that we see in the old testament and even that transferring over uh, to the new and the apostles and how they're walking it out in acts and the building churches and spreading the message and so it's been interesting because this year along with a lot of other things when it comes to obedience, I feel like it's looked a lot different for me and it's been a different type of challenge. And I think that's because this year I feel as if I've had to obey God, like beyond what was happening in my right now and what I believe would come in the future. So it was saying yes, um, staying diligent, not changing course or wanting to go my own way or what was most comfortable, even though I couldn't see uh, the result in front of me or really maybe had a lot of doubt about, you know, what this could lead to and if I was going to make it to the end of anything. And so that's what a part of this will be and what I definitely wanted to talk about because I've been having a lot of conversations and been getting just a lot of different messages that related to this that were have been amazing And it really starts with, um, you know, I've had to ask myself the question of like, will you continue to obey God, you know, even when you can't see the fruits of your labor or when the outcome doesn't appear to be guaranteed or like when your work doesn't produce those immediate results that we typically always want. And, you know, we talk about waiting on God, but really coming to understand that like he is worth the wait. And, you know, the problem comes in or the issue is at times is we can sometimes leave where God has us or where he really wants us to be because it didn't happen quick enough. And right. we believed our work maybe was in vain. Right. And and um, how we were, you know, just staying committed and like, you know, it seemed like everything wasn't going our way and it was all, all left or what nothing was actually taking place and believing that yo, this ultimately was meaningless and maybe it would have been a lot easier if I would have stayed on my path or what I felt was right. And whenever I was thinking about this, because I was kind of in that mindset, I was talking to my girl and she said something to me that was really prophetic and was insane. But it was really coming from, I believe, Galatians 6, 9, which I've heard before, but but here in this time gave me a perspective that I maybe have never seen. And the verse says, let us not become weary in well-doing, for at a proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. 
And so she asked me, yo, like, have you ever been to Great Wolf Lodge? I'm like, yeah, like, I've been mm. a few times. You feel me? With the fam. Shout out it's, Great Wolf. No, shout out Great Wolf. <laughs> I've had some great times there, bro. It's fire. But she was talking about or asking me if I was familiar with, you know, the, uh, I guess, at some of the water parks there, they have, like, a big bucket. You know, like, the bucket at, at the water park that'll, like, yeah, fill up. Right, like, it'll right, continue right. to fill up. And then at some point, like, it'll pour over, like, yeah. on all the kids that are below it. And she said when she was reading this verse, that's what came to her mind. And it was like she saw me mm. under the bucket as it was filling up and leaving prematurely before everything poured over. Mm. And what was filling up in the bucket was all the hard work, the tears, the late nights, the obedience, the saying yes, the the restraint when I wanted to act out, right? Uh, the, the prayer, the, the Bible studies, the continuing to uh, till the soil on the ground right. of what God had given me. But because I, I was sta- I was standing there, I'm putting all this work in and I, I couldn't I mm. couldn't see it. It felt like it wasn't coming. And right mm. before the buck was about to tip over, I, I left. I walked right. away. And I think that I was like, what? I was like, that's crazy. But I think that's what happens to a lot of us. We leave right before the blessing are about to pour over. Right. Right. And little do we know, like all the times and, and the moments that we are staying committed to God and everything that he has for us, even when we can't see it, it's just waiting for us. Right. And he's just and it's filling up and filling up for for the right time for mm. us to get everything that um, we have worked for. Um, right. And it was never in vain, but we left before we could see the full fruition of it. Mm. And I was like, ah, that's so far. I was like that's the bucket the bucket analogy is fired. Though. I was like that's different. Yeah. And that when I say that spoke to me and like gave me another level of optimism and right. hope of just yo like do not grow weary like it's like just don't grow weary cuz the prop at the proper time mm. the proper time a time that we may not know, we may not see or always understand, but at that proper time it's all going to pour over as right. long as we stay exactly where we are we're gonna see the we're gonna see the be- blessings pour out i was like yo, yo that's different bro very, like, very, I, that's like I, I can't get over that EP. yes uh, <laughs> so right so so yeah they never really got me thinking that got me that got that's that's that would be too um but i think the question just becomes like you know how like when when i, when I was looking at the um the topic we're talking about is okay, how, how do I remain obedient? Like you're talking about in these moments where it's very difficult to, when the road in front of me doesn't really look like how I thought it would, things aren't pending out in the time frame that I thought, you know, they would pan out in. It's like, how do I do that? And I'm glad you mentioned kind of like, you know, the four fathers and their obedience and their faith. And it's like, we have a blueprint. So when I'm sitting, I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, like, how did they stay obedient? Like how, how, which really a lot well a lot of them in the old testament and even you know they you know what i'm saying like there are times where they're disobedient but looking at like the times like when they were obedient and had such fervor like how did they do that right and this may seem simple but i hope it could give you like the the fresh perspective that it gave me but i think a big way to stay obedient to god is simply by looking at him um 
because that's something I, I thought about when I'm looking at these people. I'm looking at Moses. I'm looking at the disciples. I'm looking at Paul. I'm looking at Abraham. Like all, it, really, everyone in the Bible, it was like their their obedience and and the way that they were so firm came on the back end and really came from them continually looking at God. They were continually walking with Him, speaking with Him, having encounters with Him. I mean, we can look at Moses specifically. Like he saw the he he spoke to God right face to face. So it's like these encounters and looking at God and through their walk, continually looking at him, I think that's something that kept them obedient and grounded, right? Like you were talking about in a lot of these situations with us, it's like we're looking at the road in front of us more than we're looking at God. I think that's when you kind of, you know, the obedience starts to falter a little bit. And I was reading in Romans 12, 1, and yo, this is the first time that I read this and like saw it this way, but it says, therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship, right? So I want to put a lot of emphasis on in view of the mercies of God. So he says, therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. So Paul is saying in view, like I'm look, I've seen the mercies of God. Like, like I've, I've viewed the mercies. I, I, I've met God. I've, I've seen what he can do. I've seen how he moves. In view of that, I beg you, like I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Like that's the only correct response to what I'm seeing and what I'm looking at. Like, does that make it so, so like that's what preceded the following statement of urging your body or, or presenting your body as a living sacrifice. So he's saying like, I'm seeing this. Your only correct response is to obey. And in view of the mercies of God, like I beg you, because it's the only it's like like I've done myself, like Paul, like like I've done, presented my body, obeyed, surrendered. Like that's the only correct response to this thing that I'm looking at. And it's like we have to get to the same point where where Paul was at, like viewing the mercies of God, like looking at God and 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 seeing that and continually looking at it, and you will will recognize just like Paul did, like that is the only correct response. Right. And that's the first time I've read that and saw it that way. But the clause of viewing the mercies of God is what followed the response to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Um, and, I, and I was thinking about and, and, and also in a, something my girl was telling me and that kind of went her analogy kind of went with this. I was like a so far. She was like, you. You answer haphazardly when you don't respect or recognize the person that's calling you. So it's like I'm going to if I if I get a ring on my phone. And the caller ID says my mom. I'm gonna pick up. You see what I'm saying? I'm, I'm gonna pick up, not gonna hesitate, and I'm gonna listen to what she says. She tells me to do something, I'm gonna do it. Cause that's my mom. Or if it's my friend, or if it's if it's Darren, if it's someone I know, you feel me? But if it's a, a, a random number, no caller ID, or they don't got a contact, I'm gonna probably not pick up. Or if I do pick up, I'm like, bro, like what what are they talking about, bro? Like, you know what I mean? You trying to sign up for car insurance? I'm like, no. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna be like, no, bro. What you talking about? Like, I don't respect you. Like, I don't even really know who you are. I don't know how all these telemarkers be having my number, bro. How I don't know they what get I it? Put that, put that John in. How did but. they get it, bro? Like, I don't understand either, bro. <laughs> but um, you answer haphazardly when you don't know who it is that's calling. So it's like looking at it in that vein too. Like the obedience is the response. So it's like always looking at God in in that sense, like understanding who it is that you're talking to on the other end of the line, you know? So what's his caller ID? What's his, yeah. Oh, dang. Yeah. What's his caller ID? Your phone, like when he's calling, what does it say for real? Right? Not what your lips are saying, but on your heart, what does it say? Cause you calling, you calling him Lord, but what is he for real? So, so 
in view of the mercies of God. So so when I looked at it like that, it's like worship is worship and obedience is, you know, a response. It's a response to, to who you're looking at, and what you're looking at. So looking at God more than you're looking at your plan, looking at God more than you're looking at the road in front of you type of thing. So I think that goes into like how, like, like, how do I do that? How do I stay obedient? Yeah, that's different. Yeah. That's, that's very different. And like, no, to your point, also how you're looking at God as well, that changes everything. And that's why I mentioned what's his caller ID, because I think that's a, a great, yeah. because I think that's a, a great analogy mm. and perspective on what that means. And I, I never seen Romans 12, one in that light either but you know like you said it's a reflection of understanding what is the correct response Mm -hmm. supposed to be exactly which makes sense a bit into what i wanted to say next because so i mentioned this a few episodes ago and (laughs) i may have uh used this analogy as well i don't know this may have been a while back but i was basically talking about jordan's driving ability and Uh, some of it well you're not <laughs> okay bro. you're you're not a bad driver but at times like i mentioned before when we're on the road or taking long road trips he'll have a tendency so you know get a little little uh slumber yeah, behind the drowsy. wheel okay yeah. yes yeah. <laughs> i can agree which is scary right so you know you be i be in the passenger seat just kicking it, you know, trying to fall asleep or whatnot or get a nice little nap in and yeah. then I'll hear the, you know, car hit the little side of the road. I'll be like, yo, yo, cuz, you good? You good? You good? Right? Um, And so I was I was thinking about that um, in the terms, in, in the context of this conversation. And, you know, whenever I'm driving with Jordan, I'll have a extremely hard time falling asleep or getting in the rest you know, after, you know, one of those particular instances are really just because I know he's <laughs> capable of doing that. I right. really can't sleep at all um, because I'm I'm worried about whether or not, you know, I'm, I'm safe. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? If I would be able to make it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if I hear that, yeah, 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 I'm up. And at that point, I'm more alert. I'm becoming a passenger right. seat, passenger seat driver at that point i'm telling them like i'm over here looking at the blind spots for him, my neck behind like you know what i mean turning my neck back i'm like bro you see that bro you straight bro hold so on funny. bro you make that turn you going too fast like now i'm like trying to direct and or like continue to put my input on like how i think he should be moving you know because of my lack of trust and i was thinking about how it's really difficult for us to rest when we don't trust a person who has control mm-hmm. of our life. And I remember I was having trouble sleeping on our way to Tulsa because of that. And I, I was a bit worried about, you know, maybe if he had gotten enough sleep or not. And like I was trying to rest, but I, I kept opening my eyes and I was having like a, a little bit of anxiety. And I'm like low key, like, yo, you, you might want to slow down and whatnot. I mean, I said it, but it was a dialogue happening in my head. And then it was like, God was like, yo, this is exactly how you treat me. Mm. Exactly how some of us operate whenever he has the wheel, he's in the driver's seat, Mm. and we don't like the way he's moving. And although I may not agree with how Jordan, the path he may be taking, he's the one that has a GPS, and 
in that particular scenario on our way there, he's yet to put me in harm's way. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of us can't rest because we don't trust a person That's who has far. control over our life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like, it's like, all right, you know, we then get uncomfortable and frustrated because it's like, yo, why'd you take that turn? Right. Why'd you do it that way? Why are you not speeding up here? And now we're interpreting like every action that's taken, you know, based upon our own maybe insecurities of what we don't believe can actually happen or take place. Mm. The doubt we have about, okay, yo, if we can actually make it to the destination. Right. But we've been, we, we've, we were safe, never been put in harm's way. And if anything, they had the GPS. I have no idea right. what the right. right path could even be. Yeah. And guess what? I don't know. I don't know the time. I don't know the ETA either. Mm. back to the proper time exactly, exactly. proper time and so mm. i was like that makes a lot of it sense really too and in the context of this because you know that can really be what it be what, what it is especially with um the time aspect right like you know you've always been in the back seat on the road and you know especially with your parents or the family you're like yo like um was it what? Do we, what do we always say? Are we there yet? <laughs> <laughs> How far are, are we there yet? <laughs> and it's just like, nah, not yet. Just you know, stay like rest, stay calm. You know what I mean? Um, and, and there was always some sort of. I always thought it was interesting that they never tell us the time. That bro, never, never. Was tell it just us our parents? <laughs> but um, maybe because they never, it, they need, they didn't need to. Maybe mm. they knew the response we have if we did. Right. We just needed to stay back, rest, and and, it for and and do what we needed to. But you know, sometimes that's exactly how God operates. We don't know the time. We don't, and we're we're asking, "Are we there yet?" But we're safe where we we're safe, and we just need to continue to do what you know he he told us to do, and that's it. So <clears throat> I thought that was interesting, but just goes into also that trust aspect. But yeah. you know, looking at the history of things, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. like you know. Mm-hmm. Even on that particular trip, like, yo, like, I was never in harm's way. I was safe um, and always put in the best position to make sure I could get where I needed to go. And yeah. that's where, that's the position God has always put us in and always will. So, bro, I know he be, he be sick of us, bro. We be backseat driving to the max, bro. Like, <laughs> yo, are we there yet? Oh, where are we going? What are we like? Bro, I'm driving. I'm driving. <laughs> Let me cook, bro. <laughs> I know he be sick. Um, But that really goes into this next thought that I had about this topic. So like I said, I was, I was looking at, you know, these, the blueprint, the people in the Bible. And I asked myself a question like, well, really it had, it was weird. It happened through a conversation I was having with my girl about a conversation that she was having with someone else. And they had brought up the scripture um, about Moses and numbers. And it literally fit perfectly because the question I was asking myself was like, when was there a moment in the Bible where one of these people that we look up to was disobedient. Like that's the question I asked myself because we're talking about obedience. When was the time they were, they were disobedient? And and even deeper than that, what was the major problem with that? And like, like why were they disobedient? So the verse that gets brought to my attention was Numbers 20. It's Numbers 20 verses 9 through 12. So I'm going to read it first and then I'm going to kind of read it again, but like walk you through, like walk you through it, right? But before I read it for context, so essentially what happens is God or, okay, so 
which is like this is the common theme with the the Israel the Israelites. So they were complaining about how there was no water, and they're like, again, this was like the third time it happened. They're like, God, like he brought us out, like we're gonna die out here, like what are we doing, bro? We should just stay the same the same old story with them, right? And um, they come to Moses and Aaron, and they start complaining, like, Yo, what are we doing? Like, go talk to your friend God, and like, what's the deal, bro? Like, they get mad. So Moses and Aaron go before the tabernacle. It says they get down on their face, and the Lord's presence comes down. He tells them, He says, Y'all assemble the people. Y'all speak to the rock. Moses, speak to the rock. The water's gonna come out, right? So this is context for this leading into verse nine. So it says, So Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence, just as he had commanded him. Moses and Aaron summoned the assembly in front of the rock, and Moses said to them, Listen, you rebels, must we <laughs> He said, Listen, you rebels, must we bring water out of this rock for you? Then Moses raised his hand and struck the rock twice with the staff, so that abundant water gushed out and the community and their livestock drank. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not trust me to demonstrate my holiness in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this assembly into the land I have given them. These are the waters of Meribah, where the Israelites quarreled with the Lord, and he demonstrated his holiness to them. Okay, right? Because I don't know if you've heard us speak about it before, but this was the moment where Moses was disobedient to God and why he didn't walk into the promised land. Because I, I, I think a, a lot of people may know that, but not the backstory behind why. Like, what did Moses do that, like, kept him from walking into the promised land? This was it. He was disobedient to God. So, so he was disobedient because... Exactly. So... He struck the rock, right? But context, like I told you, and you guys go read it for yourselves. God told him to speak to the rock, right? Mm. God tells Moses, I need you to speak to the rock and I'm going to make the water come out of it. What does Moses do? He strikes the rock, right? And mind you, con- con- further context, there was another time where with, with, the rock, with the rock and water and God did, did tell him to strike at that time. But this time it was different. God tells him, he says, no, I need you to speak to the rock this time, but he strikes it. And then he literally says in verse 12, because you did not trust me to demonstrate my holiness, which literally I'm glad that you went the direction that you went in, because this is directly speaking to that. Like you didn't trust my holiness. You didn't trust that I was going to demonstrate my holiness. So you went out of your own way and you struck the right rock trying to do it in your own power, Right. You you use your strength to try to break the rock and get the get the water out like last time, but I told you to speak to it and I was gonna make it happen. Mm. But you didn't trust me in the driver's seat. You 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 didn't trust me to make the turn. You didn't you didn't trust me with the GPS and you try to do it, you try to take it into your own hands, right? So literally going hand in hand with what you were saying, it's like you gotta trust God to demonstrate his holiness. Unlike you know what that's what Moses failed to do, and that was seen as disobedience in God's eyes. He literally says, you're not going to walk into the promised land because what you just did. And and this was also goes into like my how to stay obedient. Because I think for me, something I was thinking about is I feel like obedience has, has at least for me in, in my in my life and, you know, my context of, you know, being in church. It's like it's always been talked about like something that's done in your own strength. And that's sort of the misconception that I've gotten. And it's like, although it's your own choice to be obedient and surrender to God, it is not in your own strength. It's not just in your own strength to do it. And I, and I think that's where we mess up. We, we think we get it confused. Like, yes, it's your choice. But once you make the choice, God, his, his, he says his yoke is easy. His burden is light. So once you make the choice, he carries the burden with you, even being obedient to him, which is, which is something that's been so, so crazy for me to really start to understand in my life. So 
Romans eleven thirty six talks about it. It says, "For for from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. For everything comes from him and exists by his power and is intended for his glory. So literally, you can't do anything without God. You can't even be obedient to him without him. So it's like we have this misconception that be, being obedient is done in our own strength, and I think that's why a lot of us are failing at doing it because we're not submitting under his yoke." where he's saying he's carrying most of the weight. Um, so like I said, I think that's that's where a lot of us are messing up. So I think even when you look at the story of Moses, it's like he was he was obedient, right, in, in a way. Like the water came out, like he he assembled the people, but he, but he tried to do it in his own strength. So it's like obedient, in a way, like obedience done in your own strength is still disobedience. It's kind of like the way I would word it. Like you following god's decree but not doing it in the way that he did it and relying on his strength that's still disobedience like yes they still got the water but it's like he he tried to take it into his own hands so i think sometimes obedience isn't even about doing something but sometimes it's more about getting out of the way like getting out of the way so that god can move through you getting out of the way so that god can can do what he needs to do right so some like like with the driving analogy which i really like obedience looks like yo i'm just gonna sit in this passenger seat and you know what i'm saying i'm gonna let god do his thing sometimes obedience is getting out of the way moses was in the way that was his disobedience he he was told to speak to the rock and he struck it. So I think that's an that's something that keep in keep in the forefront of your mind when it comes to how do I stay obedient when it's hard and I'm in this moment where God I just don't know. Firstly, obviously looking at God, but then also recognizing like the same God that I'm looking at is telling me that He'll help me be obedient to Him. It's not even something that I need to do on my own. Um, so I think that's also a really big part of it. Because if if it's one if there's one thing I've learned while looking at the Bible is obviously Jesus and God, but the other thing that I've noticed the most is that bro, our own strength ain't gonna get it done. Bro. <laughs> like bro, you see what I'm saying? Right. If, <laughs> if it's one thing I've learned reading the Bible and living my life is like, bro, my strength ain't enough, bro. This raggedy flesh. So like, dog. how? Why do I think I can That's be hilarious. obedient in my own strength that ain't never done nothing for me? So it's like That's keeping hilarious. that in mind. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's real. Um. Yeah, because um, you know, I, I think, and we even we we do it, and how yeah. we speak, we talk a lot about you know um, taking his yoke upon us and having or being provided strength in the context of our purpose or you know what we're called to do in in a moment. But I think also um, in our waiting, um, as we're being patient, mm-hmm. um, and like you said, as we're looking at him and just wanting to do everything that we can to restrain ourselves from going off track, right. Um, reverting to our own plan, our comfort, he will also empower us in that as well. And so I, I agree. I definitely agree with that. And so that's why, you know, the things that we always talk about and speak to just um, staying committed to a community of believers, oh, for um, sure. seeking him um, in the secret place. All of these are things um, that will allow us to stay um, committed in those moments. For sure. Um, and, and that makes me think about, you know, all, that's why it's so important to understand prayer being the, the place of exchange um, mm-hmm. and why we have to live our life there in the secret place. Because, you know, when we have that moment, when we are in the driver's seat um, and it does get worrisome, um, we're, we're going to prayer. We're having the conversation of taking to him our cares, our worries in exchange for what only he can give us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes we will bypass that pro- bypass. Sometimes we'll 
bypass that process to try and get those things another way, mm-hmm. right? We think that it's easier for us to just, you know, take the will than to just, you know, go to him and exactly. allow him to strengthen us in that, you know, and just have the conversation with, you know, whoever has the GPS. Exactly. So exactly. that makes a lot of sense to me. I think it's something that you definitely can't overlook either. <laughs> At all, bro. Oh, raggedy flesh, this man. That's real. hilarious, Raggedy, bro. bro. Tore up, bro. Hella, bro. No, that's... that. Yeah. Yeah, you can't... <laughs> it, it's nothing we can do um, simply just from ourselves to ourselves or mm-hmm. by us. Um, and, and that even definitely shows up in this conversation. And so, yeah, you mentioned that, uh, you know, how Moses struck the rock. Mm-hmm. And, you know, also, you're doing enough and we, and we talked about that um man was this in making him known it was one of the episodes when we came back from all the conferences but i was just the same way like yo like we are in god's way just like step out yeah whatever he said for you to do is enough and he can handle the rest mm-hmm. you know sometimes it can almost seem simple right like are you sure you don't need me to do x y and z it's like yo like you know if he's telling you to stay still and or just to reach out to that person right it's like are you sure you don't need me to like take the extra steps to try and get in contact Mm -hmm. with x y and z and try and like yeah you know what i mean like oh well like i need to like maybe send my application this what like no no you know what i mean like you're like whatever i said do that was final and enough um and again, allow me to show who I am in this. Um, you know, that's definitely in context of different situations be- pertaining to what he's saying specifically mm-hmm. to you. But um, always understand that you don't need to overextend yourself to try and play God's part in any scenario. Because I-, I do that. I'll do that a lot because it's like, hey, it's not happening. <laughs> like, bro, like, what is go- like, what- what's going on? You Yo. know what I mean? Like, there's so much more work I feel like needs to be done and I can be doing. So, like, think- why does it feel like this is, like, I can't go past that. It's I was, so crazy. Uh, I'm glad you said that because uh, I guess this this goes with this topic, but I, I didn't really recognize it until um, you went, you said that. But I was just, I had some guys over the other day for a little Bible study. Shout out my guys if y'all, if y'all tuned in. But something that one of them had said, my guy Blake, he was like, I used to love sports in high school because I knew what it would take to succeed. Like my, I could go to my coaches and ask them, what do I need to do to be better and, and to succeed at this? And they could give me a blueprint of like, you do this, you do this drill for this amount of time, for this amount of weeks, for this. And it's, it's, he said he had the layout right in front of him. And it was simple. It, it, was, it was simple. And it was uh, also complex enough to where it's like okay i do all of this i'll get here simple he said he loved that about sports like he knows if he he puts in this amount of work these amount of days he's going to get this outcome um and then another one of the pitched in in my guy chris he was like um but that's so what that's what's so difficult about life like you don't have that layout and then i started thinking i was like well when you look at the word we do have the layout it's just that the layout isn't as in-depth as we want it to be the layout is seek first my kingdom. That's only one step, bro. <laughs> Yo, that's only one step, bro. That's different. And that's hard. Like when it Man. comes to being obedient, you got to understand that's also a difficult part about it. It's like we don't have a 10 step layout. It's literally just seek first. Like you're saying, you get in these modes where it's like, are you sure you don't need me to, to wow. take the wheel first? 
you sure you don't need me to do this, that, and the other? He's like, no, this is the layout. I told you, seek first my kingdom. That's real. That's, that's the real. that's the layout. And I think that you know uh, those who participate in sports, or maybe even if you were just in school, like that was the same idea. Exactly. Like you knew, all right, I needed to do X, Y, and Z. The result of the particular actions were pretty linear. I needed to study for this amount of time. This is the material that I needed to make sure I memorized and or was acquainted with to do well on this particular test. I needed these particular scores, accolades, and or um, awards of achievement to get into this school, to mm-hmm. get this score or whatever it is and so on and exactly. so forth, right? Even, you know, sometimes in our particular jobs, like, all right, this is what you need to do to take it to this next level in our mm. promotion. But when we just zoom out in general life and how we're interacting with God, like there seems to be some steps that are very simplified. Mm. Um, mm. But I like how you said that, just bringing it full circle to end. There's only one step. And in that step, no matter how that looks like for you, the end result is always the same. And the fact that as we're seeking first, like, let us not become weary and well-doing. Right. For at a proper time, we will, promise, we will reap a harvest. Guarantee. If, another condition, we don't give up in our pursuit. So, that's it. That's it. Nope. No, and we talked about this in Built for This, like, no premature departure. Mm. The blessings are about to pour over. Right. That was so hard. That's so tough. (laughs) It will, and in due time, whenever that looks like it's about to pour over, every moment, every moment of discipline, every night. Bro, why is it? That's crazy. Every moment of discipline, every night, you have that restraint not to go out, to stay in your word. Mm-hmm. Every moment, you didn't want to stay committed to the body and go to church, and you decided to make that decision to do so. All the times that you decided to seek the secret place instead of your own will and your thoughts to press in on what God had to say and who he is, all of that is building up. Mm. Drop by drop, pouring into that bucket. And it's all going to pour out. It is. In due time. In due. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I like that. For sure. I like that. We starting off this one crazy, yo. We not playing no games. <laughs> playing no games with the all, rest of 2023, y'all. It's all, different. Bro. But we love y'all. Y'all stay up this weekend. And we'll catch y'all next week. Stay you. Stay real. And stay humble. Much love. <laughs>